Hey guys, before we get into this week's show, I wanted to let y'all know that my entire family has switched our cell phone service over to Patriot, and it has been such a great move for us. Patriot Mobile is America's only conservative cell phone company. They're all about freedom, the Constitution, giving you the power to support conservative organizations. It's right up our alley. It's like having a superpower for your beliefs. Patriot Mobile uses the same reliable networks as the big carriers, so you'll get great service wherever you go. We did not see a change in our service, and actually it's gotten better. Their customer service is incredible. You call and you immediately get someone on the phone to help you with something. They've got plans to fit every budget from unlimited talk and text to data-packed options for all your streaming needs. And when you make the switch to Patriot Mobile, they will buy out your current contract up to $500 a line. So fellow freedom-loving friends, it is time to make the change. Head over to PatriotMobile.com today. Use the code Blake for 10% off your bill. That's PatriotMobile.com, code Blake. Thanks for listening. Let's get into the show. Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Krabby Christian, a Misfit Media Network production. I am your host and resident Krabby Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Confessions of a Crappy Christian. I have a special guest this week. I'm actually sitting in her basement in Michigan. You've been on the show before. Yeah. But it has been a while. Has it been like a year? I think. I think it's been over a year. It's been over a year. Yeah. So I want to introduce everybody new and old to my best friend, Kylie Rose. Hello. Welcome to the show. Very happy to be back. We're getting to record in person. Yes. Which is the best. Yeah. And this is an Ask Kylie Anything episode. So in part, I just wanted to share like my best friend with the world and let y'all get to know her a little bit. She's a huge part of everything that I do because not only is she my best friend, she's also my assistant. And that's her, like, half her full-time job. The other half she'll get to tell you about in her own words. But I put on my Instagram a question box and was like, ask Kylie anything. And y'all blew me away with your questions. (laughs) Y'all were so much more creative than I thought you would be. We were honestly a little bit worried that it was going to be like, what's it like to be Blake's best friend? And, like, people ask that. And we'll we'll talk about that a little bit because I do want to use the episode as an opportunity for y'all to get to know me through a different set of eyes, but we're going to lay the the framework by just letting you get to know my best friend. So before we get into the questions that people ask, tell us a little bit about the last three years. Okay. Like, or really the last two years. Yeah. Because y'all sold everything, moved into an RV. A lot of like what you wanted and thought you wanted has changed. Yep. And it also sets the framework for our friendship. Yeah. So take it away. Hit them. So, yeah, I mean, 2020, it's not a surprise that that was, like, a big year for a lot of people. <laughs> Collectively, we all went through a little bit of trauma. So, at the end of 2020, 
both my husband and I are working from home. I'm working a part-time, basically, admin job that is not doing much because we're not in the office anymore. My husband's working from home, his full-time job as a buyer for a defense and aerospace company. And I had had this dream for years of just wanting to live on the road. We got married in 2017, bought a van, like just a standard conversion van, ended up flipping it into like a little camper. We built a bed in the back and like cabinets and just loved that nomadic lifestyle. But we could only ever do it on weekends and take like your two weeks of vacation from your corporate job. And that just was not enough for us. So early 2021, we decided to sell everything. We sold our house. We sold, I would say, 95% of our belongings. I I bought some of them. Yes. We hauled them down to Louisiana in the motorhome and decided we're going to go on the road full time in the motorhome and just didn't really have any like end date in sight. But this was also after my business had completely blown up and I had already decided that I was going to like shut everything down at the end of 2020. And it was just this like really weird space of like, am I making the wrong decision? Like, am I giving up this thing that I like prayed for that people would like buy the things that I make? And as a lettering artist, like the products that I put out there, people were just eating it up. And I was like, I'm done. I'm walking away from this. Yeah. For a well, yeah. Like, so you went viral in 2020. Yeah. You created the God Waste Nothing ornament. Yep. Kylie is a, amongst other things, very talented lefty hand letterer. Yes. And I could sit and watch her little thing, letter things on her iPad all day. And you make ornaments. At the time, you were doing like signage. Oh, yeah. and, and you had like a full Etsy shop yep. going. It blows up. This one ornament goes viral. How many do you think you made? Oh, that year I, in six weeks, made about 1,500. Like, that's so many for one person. Insane. Like, we called in the troops. Yeah. Like, I recruited every person I knew, and I was like, you get to help me make ornaments. Because they're all handmade. Yep. yep. Hand-lettered. So, you're, it's like this thing that you've been praying for finally happens, but you have, before it happens, decided to let it go. Yeah, exactly. And then you're like, do I still let this go? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I did. And it was like, I was so burnt out, especially after going viral. I was like, okay, I feel like I'm making the right decision. And then like three weeks later, we literally had our house on the market and we were ready to go. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to like put this to bed and let God do what he's going to do. And so we went on the road and absolutely loved it. I would have done it for a million years, like the rest of our lives. I I say that and I'm like, at least five, like (laughs) would have loved to do it for five years. We go on the road early 2021 and then we come home for the holidays in late October of 2021. And the minute that we like crossed over the Michigan border back into Michigan, because that's where I live, in my mind, we're just home for the holidays. Like we're going to do the holidays with our families and then we're hitting the road like January 1 back out west and the minute we crossed over the Michigan border I just that like knowing and God just being like be prepared to not leave again what do you mean we had literally just been in Louisiana like a day before this and we had spent collectively 10 weeks 12 weeks in Louisiana that year and I was like if I had known what was about to happen I 
never would have left Louisiana. Yeah. Like, you would have dragged me back to Michigan. Because y'all could have stayed longer. Oh, absolutely. Like, y'all got, I remember y'all getting home for the holidays pretty early. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like y'all were rushing to get back for Thanksgiving or nope. anything. No. Nope. Y'all had been here for a while. Like, all of October. Yeah, we spent the whole month of October yeah. in Louisiana. And we were living in an RV at the time as well. Mm-hmm. So we got to all park together. Yeah. And then y'all left. And then I, I remember you. What happened? I, why? <laughs> yeah. Was it was it Nick's job? Yes. Okay. So we came home. That's when things really started blowing up with, like, vaccines being mandated. He worked for a company that was contractor of the federal government Mm -hmm. and so he worked for a contractor of the government and or he was a a contractor of the federal government and so he was going to have to get the vaccine or come up with a religious exemption or something like that and we just didn't really feel like that was what we wanted to do and so he was like I think I need to leave amongst other reasons there was a lot of cultural things going on that just it was not no longer the best fit and his old boss at that job became one of our very best friends and since we were on the road had been like trying to convince Nick to come home and work for him like called him at least once a month like we were actively fighting it like I kind of didn't like this person (laughs) from the wings never had met them before because I was like stop trying to get them to move home right yeah what is wrong with you yeah so he was just like, just come and talk to me. Just come and sit down. Like, we'll chat. And Nick had that meeting and called me afterwards. And he was just like, I think this is what we have to do. And I'm like, whew. Like, as somebody who I, it just, it was so out of left field for me. But at the same time, I was like, God had already kind of been preparing my heart for that. So I just said to Nick, I was like, I'm just really going to fully trust you and fully submit to you. And if this is what you're deciding for our family, like it's going to be between me and God. Like it's not going to be between me and Nick. Like I never had any feelings of resentment. I just went into a very like deep, dark depression. You were devastated. I mean, I remember I don't remember where y'all were, but I remember you walking out of a restaurant. Yep. And we were. Either FaceTiming. Or FaceTiming. Mm-hmm. It was y'all had just decided to Literally stay. that night. And you were borderline hysterical. Oh, yeah. Like, you were devastated. And I think the hardest part for me was that, like, we had created this familial situation between us and you and the girls and Jeremy. And I was like, we can't go live in their driveway anymore. We right. can't go park at a campground while they're living in their RV and just become a single unit anymore like that was such aside from like the awesome time that we had traveling it was like oh my gosh we just met our like greatest friends ever and like formed this huge relationship with them and we don't get to like pick up and go to Louisiana whenever we want anymore right Right. and so and we had all these like dreams of we were going to get an RV and then we were going to be able to come meet y'all when y'all play so it was everybody was real upset oh yeah but I know you felt this way I think for all of us there was a degree of I think this is clearly what God is asking y'all to do absolutely like they're as bitter as I am about it. I have never had so much peace about a situation while simultaneously being so upset and like 
mourning this loss of something that I had dreamed of for so long. Like living on the road was a dream I had had for so long. And but at the same time, I was like, this is exactly where God wants us. Yeah. And yeah, still is. (laughs) Yeah. And he but he was so faithful. Yes. Over the next year. Yep. That year. I mean, that year was hard. It was really hard. Well, because before we had left Michigan, our community had changed drastically. Yeah. And I think a lot of people can say that for 2020. Yep. You really figured out like who your people were. And yep. I had lost a lot of people. I had lost a lot of people in my life that had been there forever. Our friend groups had changed so much. So we were coming back to like nothing. Nobody. Yeah. You know, like we had a few friendships still here, but it wasn't the community that I had created living on the road or in Louisiana or wherever it was. So yeah, you, I mean, you had more community in Louisiana than you did in Michigan. Oh, absolutely. By yeah. the time y'all moved back. Yeah. And so that was my prayer, like on my knees, crying, begging God, like, if you are asking me to move home, please bring me people. Mm-hmm. Like, please just bring me the people that like, you know, that I need exactly how I need them like I just I'm desperate for a good solid community and the thing I heard over and over every time I would pray about that it was two words invite them mm-hmm. and I was like invite who <laughs> to where <laughs> like, to do what like we're living in an RV at a campground we yep. don't have a house yet like yep. I'm like who am I inviting and where am I inviting them and eventually I mean the house that we're in now biggest godsend ever and all of a sudden, I was like, just had these people that I was like, that you like had these little ties to yes. like in the past. Yep. But you weren't really doing life super closely with the people that you do life closely with now. Not any of them. None, None of, of them. them. Yeah. yeah. No, there were a couple of girls that I was friends with separately. And all of a sudden, like we had the same hobbies. Mm-hmm. Reading ended up being like the thing that connected me to almost everybody that's in my life now because. While I was in this like deep depression, I read constantly voraciously to, to escape. Like yeah. that was literally what I was doing. I was like, I do not want to be in Michigan. I do not like my life right now. So I escaped and read every fiction book that I possibly could and just became like it was just my number one hobby. And that actually ended up leading to me inviting people over for a book swap. Yeah. Literally just was like, hey. I have a ton of books. Yes. <laughs> I have a lot of books. You guys, I know, have a lot of books. Bring some books over and we're just going to like swap them with people. Yep. The people that were at that book swap, there's like five that I can think of right now are integral parts of my life today. Like the people that we do community with. I have a whole entire podcast with two of them. We do reading nights once a week. Just so many of them, people that like I went to high school with that I was best friends with in high school, we had lost touch. She ended up coming and we are super close now. Like so many people from that book swap are now the people that I do life with on a regular basis. And that was literally God said, like when he said, invite them, it ended up being a silly little book swap party. But you also were so obedient and that's not the easiest thing like, right what you did is not super easy no just inviting people that you like kind of know but not really and also it's like kind of i'm like i don't have a huge platform on instagram but it's like to just say like invite yeah. strangers from the internet over yeah. to your house that's literally what it ended up being i yeah. posted a story and i like vetted people right. make sure that like right. we had at least 
conversed in DMs several times that I'm like, okay, like I, I know who you are. Yeah. For them to just open and then open my home to them. It was like, it was so vulnerable. Yeah. It was so vulnerable. Yeah. But it paid off. Like he was so faithful. And it's so biblical. Mm Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah. what you were doing was so biblical that it makes sense that the payoff was. I mean, I've watched you for the last two years build more community than I have in Louisiana, and I've lived there for 35 years. Yeah. So, I mean, it sucked and it was hard and it was the total opposite of what you wanted and what you had dreamed about. But then, like, done. Oh, absolutely. In the last year is so crazy. Yeah. The church that y'all go to, the community that you have. Y'all do still get to adventure and travel and have fun and create together. And your marriage is still thriving, you know. So it's just such a good reminder. I love looking at your life just as a reminder of even when it feels like it is all shit. Yeah. He really beauty for ashes. Absolutely. Gardens out of grapes. Like he does that kind of stuff, especially if we're looking for it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to get into some of the questions. I wanted people to just like have an idea of like who you are, yeah. what you do, what you're about. So I have some questions about you and then we're going to talk about like our friendship. A big thing, a lot of the questions that people submitted because it's something that you talk about and it's just something that I talk about having learned about from you is like body image and body confidence and how you speak about yourself and to yourself. You are a champion online and in real life. For women just embracing where their bodies are today. Mm-hmm. And I think that whole take kind of gets a bad rep when it lends itself to things that aren't what's best for us. You know, like you're not out here advocating for not taking care of yourself. Right. Or just letting things be what they are. It's about so much more about right now mm-hmm. than focusing on what's coming or what's happened. Give us like a synopsis of because you weren't all this always this way. Yeah. So what has that journey and change looked like for you? Yeah, I used to be one of the most insecure people ever, but like it didn't really happen until I was dating my high school boyfriend at like 16, 17 years old. I've never been the smallest of my friend group. I, you know, but I never hated myself for it it was just like it is what it is I would like my brother would pick on me sometimes and I think that's kind of when it started to like enter my brain of like oh like am I ugly am I fat whatever and it really wasn't until my high school boyfriend made it the biggest deal like my weight he wanted to know what I thought of my weight he like encouraged me encouraged quote unquote to exercise and eat right and da 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 da, which ended up like turning into me starving myself and running nonstop and losing a ton of weight like senior year of high school. Didn't you like find a note he wrote you? Yes, when we were moving. Yes. Found a note literally that oh. it like made me hurt so badly for high school Kylie. Yeah. Because she hated her body and always wanted to change it. And then you go off to college and still dating the same guy, followed him to college. Very bad idea. Do not recommend. Don't do that. <laughs> and gained weight because as you do when you're living on your Freshman own for the 15. first time. Yep. So gained weight and he commented on it every opportunity really that he could. Like made me hate myself in a way that I never viewed myself. And so that was just this 
ongoing battle for, I mean, I dated him for three years. It was always a topic of conversation. Ended up going and living in Spain for a semester when I studied abroad. Lost a ton of weight because like food over there is totally different. And you're walking 10 miles a day. And I was like the smallest version of myself and thought like, oh my gosh, this is it. Like I'm never going to be any bigger than this. And like, I'm going to love myself. Nope. Still hated myself. Mm -hmm. And really like it was ongoing until I met Nick and he just, I mean, it, I don't even know how to explain Nick it. It's just is so obsessed with Kylie that it will make you sick. And that is someone that's, I'm married to somebody that's normal level mm-hmm. obsessed with me. Nick is on another level. Right. Not in a bad way. No. There is nothing that Kylie does that he is not in love with in some right. capacity. Right. Yeah. And he like borderline worships you. Yeah. Like you can look your frumpy dumpiest mm-hmm. and he is still going to want to hit that. Yes. I every am the time. most beautiful version of myself in sweatpants and like a little crop top. Yes. Like, <laughs> And I don't want to say and I don't want to give off this. I don't want to portray it as Nick was the reason. No, 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 no. That like I started loving my body. But the fact that like he was the first guy I dated that never talked about my weight never talked about like in a negative in a negative way. light that, yeah like because like, I was gonna say no he tells you how beautiful and perfect you are right he's like never lose your belly I'm like excuse me like yeah. he's like never lose your belly I like never lose your thick thighs your booty all the things and so Nick just like he loved me exactly as I was he opened the door exactly and when I started like being able to see myself the way that he saw me yep because he told me every single day how beautiful I am and it was always like I love uh, like he would like squish my stomach and I'm like what are you doing he's like I just love it like yeah. I just love this part of you and I'm like and it was just so foreign to me I'm like yeah. I was pretty certain guys like you didn't exist no. like that you all wanted this tiny little like if you're tiny, that's amazing. If it's in your genetics, you have be- a whole different set of like issues and struggles yes. that we cannot relate right. to. That's not what we're talking no. about. Who we're talking to, right? But like the fact that he just saw me and loved me exactly as I am at any. I mean, my weight has fluctuated since I met him. Naturally, when you get married, has never, ever, not a single time commented on my body in a negative way. Yeah, never, not once. Jeremy hasn't either. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like. That is insane to me. And and that shouldn't feel like a gift, but I know it is. Yes. Like, that should be the norm. Yeah, absolutely. We should all be having a universal experience there. Yep. But I know that there are people listening that that's not the case. No, not and at all. And I feel like that does go really hand in hand with continuing to kind of hate yourself. Yeah. If you're not capable of learning how to love yourself in some, whatever the capacity is, if it's your body, who you are, what you do. Sometimes I fully believe God will give us people to open the door to acceptance and love and forgiveness that like the door that you were standing in front of Mm -hmm. and it was unlocked. You just couldn't open it. Yep. And then they like guide you through it. Yeah. But if you have somebody that's actively locking the door. Yeah. You're going to keep struggling. Hating yourself. Yeah. 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 So really, I mean, Nick was the gateway into me loving my body. And then it was all of a sudden like. I can't explain it. I don't know. It was almost just this flip switched in my brain where I stopped looking in the mirror and pointing out the things that I hated and looked in the mirror and saw the things that I loved. Yeah. And like recognizing that and wearing clothes that fit me and my body. And it just changed 
everything where the like slow, small baby steps of loving myself just turned into like, oh my gosh, like I'm kind of, am I here? Yeah, right. Not that you ever arrive. I think we can always like grow and evolve. But I mean, think about where I was two years ago. Oh my gosh, yeah. Y'all, this is of all the areas of impact that Kylie has had in my life, and there's a lot of them. This is probably one of the biggest because Mm -hmm. I was in the trenches of like hiding my body, hating my body actively. And my husband loves my body. This was self-imposed and mildly generational. But now like I learned that from you and it wasn't your teaching style is my favorite because in relationship you're not like you're not trying to teach people how to be better, how to change. You just live it Mm -hmm. and it's so authentic and contagious. Like I, we just talked about this the other day where I was like, I don't understand people who have the opportunity to like be in your orbit and don't change. Yeah. Like for the better. Right. That don't evolve, that don't like see themselves more clearly and accurately because you see yourself and others so clearly and accurately that like I've just learned so so much about this and I had the same like light switch moment mm-hmm. mine was just only in the last year yeah you know where you picked me up from the airport for this trip and I was like we're just wearing a crop, crop top, top. <laughs> out in public <laughs> a year ago Blake would have never never yeah you know so if nothing else it's the testament to like having people in your life that make you more like who you want to be right yeah in all of the areas absolutely you know yeah I love like Anytime you post about that kind of stuff, yeah. that's my favorite. I'm like, yes, tell them. Does it change my life? Let it change yours. Yep. I'm going to like ask some of the questions now. Have you ever gone through a difficult time in your marriage? Y'all seem so perfect. <laughs> I love Nick so freaking much and like love being able to portray that on the internet. I don't want people to think that it's like all roses and butterflies all the time. But really, but it kind of is. It kind of is. <laughs> like it. I mean, yeah, we argue, we get in disagreements, but that I've never seen y'all stay mad at each other. Never, ever. I, okay, so this is funny. Nick and I were arguing the other night. I think we were getting the house ready for you to come, and sparked conversation. And so usually, anytime we get into like a disagreement, one of us will be like all right, you need to say three things that you love about me or something just to lighten the mood, whatever. And one of the things that I said about him was I was like, you never hold on to our arguments. You never hold grudges. You are always really quick to apologize. And for both of us, like, I don't really think either of us hold on to things very often, occasionally, whatever. But but I've not, I mean, maybe for like a couple of days. Oh, yeah, if that. And so that's something that I just really love about Nick is that he like we're so much better when we're not fighting and arguing. Like there's just we're like, wait, I want to get back to that. Like, I don't want to fight with you anymore. But I would say the hardest for us was definitely when we moved home. Yeah, I have never felt like we were not only in like separate chapters of a book, but like in separate books. Like he came home, he had his guy friends that he came back to and they disc golf once a week and they still had their little community and he jumped right back into that. Yep. I had nobody. Yeah. No best girlfriend around the corner that I could just hang out with. 
And so he was thriving and I was wallowing. Like I remember we were driving to one of his friend's houses for like a hangout. All like the couples were going to be there. We were halfway there and I break down and like ask him to take me home. I have never in my life like I'm very introverted as I get older, but have always had a very extroverted side of me where I'm like, yeah, want to be surrounded by people. And in that season, I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. And he and I was like, you can go like you go. And so we were like almost living like these separate lives when we moved back to Michigan. And it was really hard. But thankfully, it was very short lived. Like, I don't even remember really what brought us out of that, except for just we communicated all the time. And you guys communicate so well. Yeah. You are both such excellent communicators that I think that's why you don't, even if something stupid happens and y'all get in an argument, you're going to talk about it. Exactly. Neither of you are going to, it's not going to get brushed under the rug. No. And so I think that's a huge part of it. And it's not that you're perfect communicators. You both can still like say Nick still says dumb husband yeah, stuff. Of course. Okay? Like yeah, he is absolutely. not a unicorn. Yeah. But y'all communicate and you forgive each other. And I think that's why that's that's the theme of your relationship. Not that you fight or argue or disagree. It's that when you do, like we're gonna talk this out until we're on the same page. Right. And the nice thing is is that in my relationships before I was always so worried that if I like if I really let them in and if I really shared my feelings, if I really communicated what I wanted to communicate, that they would leave me. Yeah. And I was so codependent that I the thought I would rather be absolutely miserable and be so misunderstood by my significant other than be alone. Yeah. And with Nick, it's just the complete opposite. Like that is it's never a fear of mine because he has loved me so incredibly well from the very beginning that like that I don't have to be scared that like if I'm vulnerable with him and I share my deepest darkest thoughts and secrets and you know whatever communicate in whatever way I need to he's gonna be like all right like let's yeah arm in arm like we're We're walking through this together you know I'm not I'm not going anywhere so we just you and I talked about this just the other day about the I don't know I think it's kind of pivotal in your relationship when you voice I think we always you hopefully know but we both have had situations where we have voiced in our marriages divorce isn't we're not talking about that it's not on the table never that doesn't mean that it won't if things get sideways and you start throwing hands absolutely or you start making some decisions that are hurting me and hurting our kids I'm not saying that I won't get real 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 fast absolutely but as far as petty disagreements or even like actual disagreements about how we're raising our children or how what we're how we're schooling them or for y'all like what you're doing or what your next step in life is we're not getting divorced no okay yep we're not getting divorced out of being inconvenient and disagreeing yeah especially if divorce touches your family at all like it does ours especially for jeremy like it's not an option we're not talking about it then it's kind of the gloves are off yeah Everything's on the table. Yeah. Let, there's nothing you can say to me that you've done in the past that you're struggling with now that's going to make me walk away. Right. Exactly. And some people might think that's toxic and I don't care. Right. Well, and it's not, like to me, I'm like, isn't that like what a relationship with God looks like? Like right. truly unconditional love. Like I do not have to be afraid that I'm going to do anything 
outside of what you just mentioned, like throwing hands, cheating, infidelity, whatever, like I can't say anything that's going to make you love me less, you know? And that's like Even on my worst day. Right. Nick has just been such a beautiful representation of that and like the real earthly life that I live of like it's so freeing. It is so freeing. Nick is the best. (laughs) He's one of my best friends. Yeah. He is everybody should get to do life with someone like Nick who loves life and loves really big and is hilarious and accepting and forgiving. He is as wonderful as you portray him online. Yeah. I just want to like affirm that. <laughs> like Kylie is not glossing over her marriage. It's literally that annoying it in is, real life. Yeah. <laughs> I am like wake up sometimes with tears in my eyes thinking like how did how like God why why me because I made some real poor choices growing up and with the relationships that I had before. I'm like why do I? And that's just like undeserved. It's yep. so undeserved, but that's how much God loves us. Yep. Like that he would bring somebody like Nick into my life that I get to have forever. Yeah. It's just the best. The best. It's the best. When is the last time God surprised you? This past summer, I became pretty open online about our financial struggles that we were going through. And it was just really vulnerable, but I also really felt like that. God wanted me to talk about that online because I'm like, one day just got on my stories. I'm like, are we all drowning? Yeah. Are we all struggling in 2023? And it was a resounding yes. A lot of us are. And it just kind of opened up these floodgates of people being so thankful that somebody was talking about this because so often you see people online, you know, just making it look perfect Mm -hmm. that they're not struggling. And so when I started talking about that, I mean, when I tell you, like, we did not know how we were going to get through the month paying bills. Yeah. Like, we were like... Y'all were door dashing. Door dashing, selling everything that we could think of. We were... We did no spend months, everything. And the way that God showed up through people on the internet... Yeah. And opportunities and our family and friends... I have never been so, like, shell-shocked in my life it by... Was it was in dollar amounts that like we were like we had a number in our head of what we needed to survive and pay all the bills this month and that number showing up in a check in our mailbox like literal miracles literal miracles that I have never I mean I have actually witnessed before in our past in the past with like my family growing up it's like a huge part of my story but I almost forgot I'm like he's been faithful before why wouldn't I believe that he can do that again. So that really was the last time. I mean, that was just a few months ago where yeah. I'm like, okay, we have this number that we need to survive. And all of a sudden it's like tenfold. I was about to say way more than because you sold your RV. Sold the RV. Which was which the end of an era. Really, really hard for me to do. I was still holding on to this hope that like maybe we'd be able to go back on the road one day. And in an act of obedience, one day I got on my stories and I just said, we're selling our RV maybe sometime in the future and that's really hard and that sucks but got inundated with messages from people like can I come and look at it mm-hmm. first person we showed it to gave us a full price offer which ended up hugely hugely helping us for the foreseeable future like yeah. it was like a number that we was a pipe dream yeah. we were like if we could get this dollar amount Everything would pretty much be like fine. Yeah. We would be okay for 
a while. Yeah. And the fact that we got a full price offer on the first person that saw the motorhome, literal miracle. I'm like, we never would have expected that. So that was, yeah, the most recent thing was the way that he showed up. It was so cool to watch too. Millions of Americans experience thinning hair, but among women, it's just not super talked about and going through it can feel really lonely and frustrating. So there are thousands of women out there that are doing something about it with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve visible thickness and strength of your hair. So if you want to figure out if Nutrafol is a good fit for you, go to Nutrafol.com to take their hair health wellness quiz. This will help you identify the causes of your thinning hair, and then Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair growth through their whole body health approach. Because Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting the root causes of thinning like stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, metabolism, all that stuff through whole body health. So take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off their first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code BLAKE. So find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code BLAKE. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code Blake. There were definitely people that were like, wait, isn't your best friend your boss? I was like, guys, I can't pull them out of their, like, debt. Right. She, yes, she works for me, but no other employers are doing that. No, it was so, yeah. And I was like, don't make it weird. Let God do a miracle. Yeah, right. Like, and, and I kind of expected that from some people. I'm like, I could see this people having opinions about like, would you go to your boss and be like, I'm struggling financially. I need you out of your own pocket to help me. Like that is so insane. It makes no sense. So insane. But it was so cool to watch. Yeah, it was fun. And it's, yeah, it was just a fun season of being able to be vulnerable in that way and yeah. watch God's people show up and people really, I mean, it was a pride thing, really. Like there was a lot of pride and, you know, people were like, give me your Venmo. And I'm like, not no. doing that. Yeah. And then other people were like, well, like, why wouldn't you want God to be a blessing? Or why wouldn't you want other people to be a blessing where like God's leading them in their excess? Yeah. You know, so that was, yeah, the most recent. That was yeah. really cool. What is your favorite conspiracy theory? Ooh. You could do like top three if picking one is too hard. Yeah. I, okay, I'm going to preface this with like, I don't know a ton. I don't know everything, but I'm in, this one piques my interest the most mm-hmm. is the flat earth theory. Yeah. Like it is really fascinating to me the way that because if you like go broad picture of like why would we be told otherwise mm-hmm. if the earth is flat? And it's like you think of like we were just talking earlier today about like our educational system and where like the eight hour school day came from. And it's like, OK, but then also like. They probably wanted to do everything to take God out of the schools and God out of the and picture. They did. Yeah, and they have successfully. So it's like there's things in the Bible that say one thing, but yeah. we're told a completely different thing. And yep. it's just fascinating to me. Yeah. So that one is like the one that piques my interest the most. I'm not like 
sold on it. Like, no. Well, and it's so wild to me. People can't even talk about this. No. It threatens something within their structural foundation of what they believe. Yeah. Like, there are people that when you just said that, they like, write out. me off. Yep. Right. I can't listen. When nobody that is sitting here is saying that we believe the earth is flat. <laughs> right. I'm not saying that. Right. I'm saying, why couldn't it be? Exactly. And also, it's kind of fun to mess with people. It is. Honestly. It is. Like, that, and it, that sounds mean, but I really believe that if you're again, foundational worldviews are deeply threatened by people asking questions. Yeah. That's when you. Yeah. That is between you and God. Because I believe that we serve a God that thinks it's funny. Mm-hmm. I think he thinks it's funny that we debate whether the earth is flat or round. Because what does it change? Right. It is not a salvation issue. It's not a salvation issue. And whether we get to heaven one day and learn that the earth was a dome or flat or a globe, like, it doesn't really matter all that much, you know? I know that people that are listening are going to be like, wait, she invoked the Bible. What is she talking about? I just want to reference that real quick. There's a verse in Isaiah 66 that says, this is what the Lord says, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house you will build for me? Where is my resting place? Where will my resting place be? And the theory is, is that the earth being a footstool means it can't be a ball because nobody uses a ball as a footstool. It would make much more sense for it to be something with a flat bottom. Right. And maybe kind of domed or like curved. That's where that theory comes from. I am not putting any oomph behind that theory. (laughs) I'm just saying that alone, to me, what does that mean? Right. The earth is God's footstool. Why can't I ask that question and run with some fun theories about it? Now, there's a whole different group of like conspiracy theorists that put all of their belief and faith in the theory. And that's a whole other problem. Absolutely. The people that run with conspiracy theories and say, this is for sure 100% what it is. I'm like, you're just as bad as the people Absolutely. that won't let us ask questions. Extremes on both ends. I am so in the middle of like most conspiracy theories that it's just entertaining to yeah. me. It's fun to explore. Do I think that there are a lot of conspiracy theories that are probably true? 100%. For sure. Yeah. That's just one that like, it just intrigues me. It intrigues me the most. And like I said, I don't know everything about it. There are people that are have way more knowledge on it than I do. But I'm like, that's kind of fun to, yeah. to look like into. Yeah, like if I come across a TikTok, I'm going to watch it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a really good one. What is the best flavor of rum chata? Peppermint. Bar none. Like, no competition. They came out with a pumpkin spice one this year, which was, it was fine. I've not taken a sip of it since I tried it, though. So I'm like, that's a pretty good testament to yeah. how it is. So. Peppermint rum chata, 100%. Find it when it's out seasonally. Drink it over ice. That's how I drink it. Or put it in your coffee or hot cocoa. The best. It is so good. I'm going to get me a bottle this year. Yes. I usually just drink it when I'm with you. Yeah. Because we see each other a good bit for the holidays usually. But I'm going to get me a bottle. Yeah, you should. Biggest God win in your life. Like this person was like, brag, go off. Tell us the biggest God win in your life. I would say... I'm going to have to go with the God Waste Nothing ornament going viral. Yeah. That was a really cool season of life for me where I was really seeking like what God wanted for my life. Like I 
have these talents and I want to use them for your glory and I want to share everything that I know about you with people. But like, how do I do that? And it was this really like a cool crossroads for me in that season back in 2020 where it was like, I realized that the the products that I was making, they were always the words of other people. Like mm. they were, they would come to me with a Bible verse that meant something to them. They would come to me with that. They wanted me to make their words look pretty on an ornament or a piece of wood or yeah. whatever it was, but it was always their words and it was never mine. And I just felt like when I was thinking, I knew I was like, I had always done milestone ornaments. And in 2020, I was like, I don't want to be another creator that does like survived COVID quarantined in 2020 or I bought too much toilet paper in Mm -hmm. 2020, whatever, like so many snarky, funny things, whatever. And I'm like, that just does not resonate with me at all. Like I'm I have a lot more depth to me than like I can't just create a product that's funny. Yeah, it has to have meaning to me personally. And the God Waste Nothing ornament was the first time that it just came to me like I was just literally sitting there one day on my computer on my iPad lettering and all of a sudden I was like oh my gosh like I look back at 2020 and I see all of the good that he did yes like there was so much good so much through all of the crap yep and and you lived in Michigan yeah mind you like lockdown central I couldn't go buy seeds for a garden right or a paint can right like so I just remember writing God weighs nothing and I slapped it on an ornament and I posted it on Instagram and I was like, this is my milestone ornament for the day or for the year. This is my milestone ornament for this year. And I have never had a response like I had. So the best. Hundreds of people were like, I need that. I ran out of ornaments acrylic that day. Yeah. And it ended up being this when was that? When did you post it the first time? Do you October? remember? Okay. So, I mean, because it was a ride, like October to December, like yeah. to Christmas. Absolutely. It was six weeks from the minute that I posted it until I couldn't possibly buy more acrylic. Like, supply chain was terrible. Right. This is 2020. It was horrible. Like, me even being able to find as much acrylic as I did at that time was yeah. a complete miracle. Yeah. So, watching that and Hearing the stories, I can't even begin to explain how gut-wrenching some of the stories that I heard were and how God Waste Nothing just, it just lit a fire in people Mm -hmm. that I got to witness and it was just the coolest thing. It was. I just, I can't, like I think of that year so often and the years since. God Waste Nothing is still my best-selling ornament (laughs) every year. Yep. People have that lettering tattooed on their body. Literally that like people will send it to me and I'm like, I have no idea who this person yeah. is. And they just found it somewhere, yeah. you know, and got it on like their body. When body. we say viral, we mean like viral. Yeah. It was so cool to watch. Yeah. I, I would agree. It. I would agree. All right. We're going to get into some friendship questions. Okay. Okay. You tell the story of how we met. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> what year was, was it? 2018? Yeah. Yeah. Back in 2018. There was a day on the internet that <laughs> all of some, it was this conversation that Rachel Hollis had had at a conference or something like that. It was Rachel Hollis had spoken recently and what she was saying kind of took off in 
within the Christian influencer. Because she was still positioning herself as a Christian influencer at the time. Yeah. And this was like massively theologically incorrect. Right. And so what she had said, rightfully so, sparked a lot of controversy among the Christian influencer sphere. And I just started like seeing all these stories popping up. Because you were in like you were you had read her book. No. No. Oh, no. I've never read her book. Okay. I wasn't. That is like my pride and joy. I was never on the Rachel Hollis train. Jealous. (laughs) Jealous. Yeah. So I she always gave me the ick. The ick. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I mean, there were a lot of people. I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. 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 So yeah, people were posting about it. And all of a sudden I saw this story reshared on somebody's Instagram. And it was the girl named Blake. I was like, I like what this girl has to say. (laughs) And that was the first day ever ever that I had gotten like shown my face on my stories and like spoken to my platform of like this is so theologically incorrect and I want you to know why and I want you to know what what the truth is I think I still might have those stories saved somewhere like just for yeah nostalgia sake. sake yeah so I was talking about it and then I saw that you know, this girl named Blake was posting about it. So I go to your Instagram and I'm like, I like what she's about. And I hit follow. And shortly after you followed me back. Yeah. Pretty yeah. immediately. I was like, oh, my gosh. And I had like 800 followers. I think you were probably like in the thousands. Oh, was I? I think you were. Yeah. Okay, So this was 19. This is 19. OK. Because I start the podcast in 2018. This was like april because it was when i was supposed to go to africa okay yep yep it was like a week after it was like days after yeah yeah Yeah. so you started following me i start commenting on your post you start commenting on my post and then it like slowly goes into dms and we start you know chatting back and forth on dms and then i remember one day you were like hey like i don't want this to be weird but like can i have your phone number yeah (laughs) it was just one of those things that it just like felt like, you know you want to be friends with somebody. Yeah. But, like, you also don't want to make it weird because it's the internet. Yeah. But, like, you were much better at it than I was because <laughs> I was like, I really want to be friends with this Blake I was like, girl. I want this one. Yeah. <laughs> I pick you. You. You're mine now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we started texting every once in a while to, like, texting every day to getting Marco, Marco Polo. Polo was a huge FaceTime, all the things. And it just, like, it was just this, like, slow incline. Yeah. Of- it was. And, like, I... I always want to clarify that for people that it's not like we like you were, weren't some random follower that I had when I had 100,000 followers. We became friends before my platform was even remotely established. Right. And it was very slow over the course of like two years. Yeah. Before we met in person. Yep. But then to be fair, when we met in person, you like moved into my driveway. Literally, it was so strange. It's honestly one of my favorite stories. Yeah. When we get to tell it, people are just in awe. They were like, you did what? And so Blake and I have been talking for two years now in some capacity on the internet and then FaceTiming and Marco Poloing. And when we had decided to move into the motorhome, Blake said, she was like, you should come here first. Like, you should start in Louisiana you can just come park in our driveway for a little bit. And I have run very little of this by my husband. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, Which, like, if you know Blake now, like, I don't think you ever would do that. Never no. in a million years. <laughs> never. I don't like people that much. <laughs> like, and I like my personal space and alone time too much. Right. Yeah. It's so funny. And so I, like, give Nick this idea. I'm like, 
Like Blake, because he knew. I can't like, believe our husbands went for I it. To know. be honest, now though. that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, what in the world? But I run it by Nick because he knew of you. Yeah. He like been in the back of my and Jeremy clothes. too. Like like Jeremy and Nick have spoken at this point, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, we have a driveway. We can go parking in Louisiana. Like y'all are like going on the road and expecting to go to like Yosemite or like Jackson Hole. No. How about a a driveway in Prairieville, Louisiana? Sounds <laughs> awesome. So random. And that we literally did. We packed up the motorhome. We drove to Louisiana and we were like, we'll stay for a few days and then get a campground. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> and so I got pissed off. Yeah. And dead ass told Nick, I've known this dude for maybe a week. And I was like, if you're going to go get a camping spot, y'all may as well just leave because that's <laughs> so dumb. Because we can't see each other every, every single every day. Every waking moment like, of the day. Every moment. Yeah. And Nick was like, uh okay and then the next day he and jeremy went to home depot and got the stuff to run a plug so that y'all could be plugged into our house yep and y'all stayed for how long six weeks the first time the first time yep and it was the actual best oh my gosh it was like it was like heaven yeah my kids are so obsessed with the two of you that there was one night where jeremy and i wake up to our alarm like our home security alarm going off and Elliot's what three yeah she was three screaming running through the house because the alarm has scared her and when we calm her down she's like I just wanted to go see Mr. Mick it's (laughs) 3 a.m in the morning it is 3 a.m and homegirl is bopping around trying to find Mr. Mick oh my god our families just like became one yeah people ask like a lot of the questions how do you have such a like deep friendship i'm like we lived together for like 12 weeks yeah that's longer than most families get to spend together right so i mean we worked and we played together yeah and i feel like our personalities the four of us yeah us and our husbands it's like we don't have a surface bone surface Capacity. level bone in our body yeah. nick and jeremy within two weeks of knowing each other are crying in the shed, drinking beers till 1 a.m., sharing their life stories. Yeah. Like, have never had a relationship like that, yep. you know, the, at that level so quickly. It's like we were all meant to find each other. Absolutely. Because, I mean, because Jeremy and Nick are best friends now, too. Like, yeah. this isn't... Sometimes cuter than Sometimes us. cuter and, like, more annoying than we are. Yeah. Like, they have the cutest little shared hobbies and they have their things that they talk about and they celebrate. Like, like anytime I try to, like, update Nick on something oh. involving Blake and Jeremy, he's like, oh, yeah, I know. I talk, I to, talk Jeremy. to Jeremy. They Constantly. FaceTime. They're literally the cutest. Yeah. And for some reason, God thought it was best to give us those people across the country from each other. Just a quick thousand mile away drive. It's fine. Yeah. It's only, like, 18 hours. But, yeah, so that's how we met. We met. I love, tell- I love just point blank telling people we met on Instagram. Yes. Like, when I was leaving to come on this trip, some of my friends from the gym were like, so how did y'all meet? And I was like, we met on Instagram. And they just look at you like, you're a nut, so Where's the other half of this joke? Yeah. But then you tell the full story and they're like, oh, no, you're actually that crazy. Yeah, like- <laughs> we are. And it's paid off in dividends. Like, so much. In though. dividends. Okay. Another popular question was if we ha- share the same beliefs on everything. Pretty much. Yeah. We. I think we were trying to think of. Yeah. Because, like, a lot of people were like, do you ever... Like, what do you disagree about? What do you when, what do you do when you disagree? The biggest thing we disagree on is like media. Like we don't like we like pretty different books a lot of the time. There's yep. an overlap. Yeah. But 
I don't watch TV. Right. So Blake and Jeremy and Nick are like always buffs. quoting movies right. or talking about movies. And they all look at me and I'm like, never seen it. We've learned to just leave you out of it, yes. to be honest. Like we just kind of have that conversation, the three of us. We're all three big like movie nerds. Yeah. But it's not like we don't disagree about it. No. I just don't. That's just, not how I consume my entertainment. But other than that, like we're very different. Yes. We're very, very different from one another. Yeah. And it's funny when you were get, giving the story of how we met. When I asked for your number, it was because I had discovered that you weren't liberal. Yes. <laughs> which I, I love that story thought too. you were. Yeah. Which was like, I mean, you lived in Michigan. Like, you've got the whole artistic hippie vibe going on. It was a fair assessment. And it clearly wasn't, like, delaying me from wanting to be friends with you. Right. It wasn't a deal breaker. No. But once I found out that we, ag- I, I think it was, like, you voted for Trump. And I was like, yeah. oh, shit. Like, <laughs> can I get that number, girl? Like, <laughs> I remember. It was, like, the first time that you were outspoken about the way that COVID was being handled. Oh, yeah. Masks and stuff like that. I remember responding to one of your stories, like, a freaking men. And you were like, yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Like, I didn't think that we would have, like, if you disagreed, I knew it wasn't going to be contentious. Right. But, yeah, I mean, because I started speaking out about masks in July 2020. Yeah. And you were, like, right behind me Oh, absolutely. So, no, we do. We definitely share the same beliefs on everything. Uh, Did you also go through a friendship breakup before meeting Blake? How many? How many? Did we have the same amount? Um, It was close. Mine are not as, like. A handful of them were just like, bye. Like, we're not. We just very subtly fizzled out. Yeah. And it wasn't this, like, big event. But, yeah, the my best friend, maid of honor in my wedding, like, all the things. Yeah, we had a pretty rough friendship breakup. Right before we became friends. It was, like, wow. Why? Like, in the beginning of yeah, our friendship. Yeah, you walked me through a lot of that because I was still holding on to a little bit of this hope that we yeah. could stay like acquaintance friends or just like you know trying to hold on to anything that I really could just because it was sad it yeah. was sad I wonder, I've been there but it got to a point where I was like I can't do this yeah. I can't do this like randomly like popping in every once in a while because you need something from me and yeah. You know, oh yeah I remember that I remember kind of getting to a point where I was pissed about yeah it, where I was <laughs> like she's treating you like crap yeah she's saying awful things to you yeah and then ghosting you and then coming back around when she needs something. And sometimes you just need somebody in your life to point something out and go, that's crappy. Yeah. Quit putting up with that. Right. Right. And that was the first like friendship breakup where I was like, I don't like we need to stop communicating in all aspects. Yeah. Like the whole like, yeah, do not follow each other. Do Like it was I mean, at, since that it was a like break up, break up. Like, yeah. Very specific. Like have not spoken in three years. And it was for the best yeah. absolutely for the best but it was very painful at the time and at the same time it was just what that season of life where I'm like figuring out who who stays and who goes yeah. like who's coming with me and who's not you yep. know and there were just a lot of people that once I started speaking out about my very conservative beliefs dropped like flies yep. so many people in my life that were like oh, no, like, you're yep. one of them kind yep. of thing and would troll my comments and, like, like every mean, horrible comment that was disagreeing with me instead of coming to me and being like, yo, I didn't know you believed that or I didn't know you thought that way. Like, can we talk about it? And they were just the worst on yep. the internet. So I'm like, 
bye. Yeah. Like, like you've lost access. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Like you don't get to see what, you know, I have to say if you don't have the courtesy to come to me and talk yeah. about it. Who you stood up in my wedding. You've been my best friend for X amount of years. Like you can't even come and talk to me when you disagree with something. So that was it was it sucked. Yeah. But for the better. Yeah. It's when you get to a point where you're like, oh, my gosh, I cannot imagine this person the effect they would have still have on my life if they were still in it. Right. Exactly. Because it would be negative. Exactly. And I'm so loved and so appreciated and treated. I mean, because I remember there were a few things that happened that it was just kind of like, okay, you're not going to treat my best friend yeah. like that. Like, yeah. that's that's enough of that. Right. Yeah. But conversely, I had already walked through one friendship breakup. And so kind of I think was able to like give you some of the things that I had learned the hard way. but then. I walked through a huge one yeah. pretty early in our friendship. Yeah. Kind of, we we kind of walked through it together. Yeah, pretty you much know? simultaneously. We had my, both of our like quote unquote biggest ones, we kind of walked through at the same time. Yeah. I'm so thankful that God gave us one another for that season because we got to see what real healthy relationship looked like. And kind of able to put it up against what the other things we were experiencing and go, I mean, if this is the standard, yeah. <laughs> you're not making the cut. Exactly. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know? No, you're 100% right. And that really was like, not that it was like, oh, I have Blake now. Like, I don't need no. him. But it really no. was like, oh, my gosh, I have been missing so much out of my, like, best girl friends that I'm like. And I think you mentioned this a lot when you know we were walking through this of if I'm expending so much of my energy towards this relationship that like isn't even serving me and isn't you know fruitful for my life like and the relationships that are getting the least of me because I'm spending so much energy on something that's not good for me whereas like these relationships that are good and fruitful and like have so much potential like I want to invest in that and that's really what it was what is it like Blake seems like somebody that like I can take a risk here like yeah. I, can, I feel confidently about taking a risk in like investing more of my energy and my time into her and this friendship and that ended up being yeah like, the it thing. paid off it yeah. was a good bet like, exactly. we both made a good bet yeah. in the end yeah I remember it was a, a it's a Darius Daniels quote and it was like the people who mean the most to you shouldn't get the least of you absolutely yeah and that was that flipped a switch for me in that season because I was for me, I was like, de- and you kind of were too, desperately chasing these people, trying to get them to like you yes. or love you and and getting crapped on in return. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I can the the big one that I was walking through at that time, I mean, every time I walked away from a conversation with this person, I felt like I'd gotten hit in the face with a two by four. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so it was just, oh, I have this person that loves me, that sees me, that wants to know me, that thinks I'm doing a pretty good job. Yeah, I'm going to invest. I'm going to invest in this relationship and it's, it really, ha- and it doesn't mean we don't have other friends. Right. We do. Okay. We, we have other have, friends. And like best, best friends. friends. Like we could, we have a handful of best friends, each of us. Yeah. And it's great. Like yeah. I love that. Right. But. You're my person. Yeah. Right. It was the whole soulmate, best friend. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So there's obviously, there's some questions about like being friends with me. Mm-hmm. We're going to, I'm going to ask you a few of those. Okay. How have you supported Blake in her journey to get off of meds? Asking as a friend is doing the same. Yeah, I love I love that question. Yeah. And I love that people are asking that question because I personally like anxiety has not 
been a struggle of mine in certain seasons it is but like overarching chronically no it was like becoming your friend opened my eyes to so much and understanding like having compassion and empathy for you in every season because I remember when we left Louisiana Mm. the first time was when you had your big big menti b big menti b yeah like and it was almost like I was like for a second I was like wait she not like like we don't talk anymore what happened you know thinking like selfishly for a second and then once I got a pulse of the situation I was like oh shit like this is so much bigger (laughs) than you know so I mean specifically the last few months it has been so freaking cool to watch something that we never thought would be possible this side of heaven I remember saying to you one day I think it was right after a panic attack that you had it was like the reality is, is that you might just not be healed this side of heaven. And I was fully like borderline resigned to that. Yes. Honestly. Yeah. And that like and it was just like having to say those words to somebody sucks. Like that is not what you want. Like you don't want your lot in life to be chronic anxiety and panic attacks all the time. But like the reality is, is like could it be does happen. For some it people. happens. Yeah. A hundred percent. Absolutely. And then like, I mean, it was pretty short like a year later all of a sudden it's like you have taken your circumstances and your anxiety and everything and like always I've always watched you try to make it better like try to take care of yourself doing the thing like you did everything you possibly could to not have panic attacks to take care of your health to you know whatever it is and just like supporting you in that when you like came to me and you were like, I'm going gluten free. I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah. I won't be on board with that quite yet, but (laughs) like I will go to restaurants that you need to go to, you know, like things like that where it was like these small steps where when it got to the point where you were like, my meds ran out. Yeah. I was like, we got this. Yeah. Like we never, you didn't miss a step. No. Yeah. And you know, and it was like, I never had the fear that it would be like it was the last time because you were so different. Yeah. And you reminded me of that yeah. so consistently. Yeah. And so it was really just like every like small step that you were taking to take care of yourself and your health. I was just like, let's do this. Like, yeah. let me know how I can best support you from a thousand miles away. And you did. You always said that. Like, how can I best support you? And it was like, sometimes I just needed somebody to like externally process with. Yeah. And you're so great about that. Like you and this girl will listen. Y'all just think I can talk. Oh, my God. But like sometimes I just needed to sit down on Marco Polo and talk for three minutes straight about am I stuck on these medications for the rest of my life? Right. And you would deal back hope, but also reality that like maybe not. But even if you are, Mm -hmm. maybe not. But even if you are, you know, and the reminders of like, yeah, you might not get healed this side of heaven, but I support you in taking every single step that you're taking in that direction. I think the best part is that I like I so I have this moment where I call the pharmacy and the prescription can't get refilled. And I tell this whole story in another episode. But I Marco Poloed you like maybe a day or two later because I kind of didn't tell anybody for a minute. Yeah. And I was like, so I think I'm just going to go full send. Yeah. My meds ran out. I can't get a refill. I don't know. I know it sounds crazy, but I have peace about it. And you were like, let's freaking go. Yeah. You're like, what? What can I do? I'm praying. And then it was like every Monday after that, we would just celebrate. Oh, yeah. You were the first one to go. 
this is a miracle. Yeah. Like we're, I mean, I think it was like two weeks. You were like, we're watching a miracle happen. Yeah. And that welcomed me into being able to call it that as well. Because yeah. I was, I walked on eggshells. Yeah. Real hard. Understandably. Understandably. So. That the floor was going to come out. Oh, it's going to, it's going to be day 21. Day 21, the symptoms are going to set in and I'm not going to be able to handle it. But you were like, we're not. Yeah. Like, or you're going to be great. Yeah. It could just be a miracle. Yeah. yeah. What is one thing most people don't know about Blake? That you're kind of a hermit. Yeah. <laughs> Do I people am. know that? I don't know. I don't know. I think maybe a little bit. Maybe not to the degree. Yeah. Like, I feel like <laughs> both of us, like, we could rot on a couch 100%. for a good day, you know? And, like, we love staying home more yeah. than any other place. And you love... Your cute little games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a cozy gamer. I play little, like, I accidentally practice witchcraft all the time and play little, like, magic dragon games. Yeah. That's an inside joke. Yeah. That I'm, like, much cozier and homier than I think, than a lot of Christian influencers are, or a lot of influencers, period, are expected to be. Right. I've never run things in a way that really requires anybody else. No. Like, yeah. I don't really have to go anywhere, and I like it that way. Yeah. I mean, I had it written into my book contract that I would not travel for my, like, book tour marketing. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going on a book tour. No. <laughs> I'm staying home. Yeah, I'll do podcast or episodes. even, like, speaking events. You're like, that's not for me. It's not what Especially I Especially just not in this season. Yeah. Like, maybe when my kids are older and I'm older, but right now, like, I like, I like to be home. Yeah. For sure. Yep. My favorite thing to go do is go, like, eat. <laughs> like take me to a good restaurant go out to eat and then and we then get come home back home by like 7 30 yeah and, and play games in our cozies exactly yeah best advice for long distance best friend Ugh, marco polo 100 percent. it's like the only answer i mean we're not the people that are like we have a set facetime date no. once a week like we don't where it's we're <laughs> no, on we talk like most of the day right yeah, we're on Marco Polo, and I, I work for you, so it's right. like... That works out. We go through, like, it'll be on Marco Polo and be like, this is work-related. Okay, now we're switching gears. Yep. This is friend-related. Like, yep. so, just so seamlessly. Yeah. Marco Polo is really, like, the best advice that I 100%. have, you know? And we, I would say, like, in 2022, we would try our best to, like, not leave our current time together without having the next one planned. 2023 just hasn't panned out that way because we've been so much busier. But we've also seen each other a good bit. We still have. We typically try not to go longer than three months. Yeah. Yeah. That's like our goal is, you know, like that three to four month range where we're like, okay, it's time. Yeah. I'm at my max capacity. Yeah. So there's all like we have our set trips. I feel like like you guys coming here for a little bit in the summer and we need to go down there. It's been too long since April. 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 Yeah. yeah. We surprised you surprised in April. Us. Yeah. Or surprised so. me. Yeah. Basically, like, we kind of trade on and off. We too. do. Like, yeah. they come and then we go, then vice versa. And so. having, like, our husbands and our families be so integrated is really helpful to that. Yeah. You know, that it's not our friendship and our husbands are tagging along. We have to force our husbands to spend time with us when we're all together because <laughs> they just want to pair off and go do their own thing. Exactly. So that yeah. really plays in our favor. Yeah. Just a few more. What is something you've always loved about Blake that she has trouble seeing in herself? Just how, like, beautiful of a person you are, like, inside and outside. Like, it is so funny to me that you, like, would think of yourself as a potato. And I'm like, <laughs> you are, like, one of the most beautiful people that I know. Like, it's 
actually story is so ridiculous it's though. Actually comical. Like, yeah. And just the fact that like you tell me that I've been such an important and integral part of like you loving yourself, I'm like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> like I don't know how that's possible. But right. like it's just it's so because I'm like, I've always seen you the way that you're seeing yourself now. Mm, and yeah. so it's so cool that like you're finally seeing yourself there. through that lens. It's the same thing of what I said with Nick. Like, once I finally started seeing myself the way he saw me, I'm like, I feel like we're having that yeah. now, too. And I'm like, yeah, I've been saying. like, <laughs> I've been telling yeah. you. Every, I mean, and Jeremy, too. You and Jeremy have, like, commiserated kind of on that topic of, like, thanks for catching up. Yeah. Right. We've been over here the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And it just took you a minute. But, yeah, I think that a lot of people ask or their feedback is, like, oh, like, I want a relationship like this, or, oh, my gosh, like, your friendship is goals. And, yes, without a doubt. Like, our friendship is goals, no doubt. But it took risks. Oh, yeah. Like, if you really look at the story of our friendship from beginning to end, it started really unconventionally, out of a place that we probably would have never either predicted. And it's grown the way it has because we've been vulnerable and we've kind of, like, it sounds cheesy, but, like, taken chances on love. Oh, absolutely driving across the country to live in somebody's driveway and then you know like even me being like hey um you want to work for me yeah you know like <laughs> when you called me and you're like do you want to do graphic design and i was like i'm not a graphic designer and, and you i damn basically hung up hung on up you the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and now she's like my full chief of staff couldn't run my com- company without her sometimes i'm mildly devastated she's gonna decide to actually do her own thing and kill it and then <laughs> i'm gonna be screwed but we're gonna cross that bit that bridge when we get to it yep this is a nice, like, bulky episode. Oh, yeah. I love that. This is such a good teaser for what the next season of Confessions of a Crappy Christian is going to be. 2024, we're fully giving it a facelift, total overhaul. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Like, I obviously love your podcast because I get to see, like, the ins and outs of it. But, like, this next, like, season of the podcast... Mm-hmm. Like, you guys have no idea. Yeah, it's going to be so good. And I'll admit that, like, this year's season is a little bit on autopilot because my husband left his full-time job. And I am also, like, taking care of kids and had a lot of things that I had to get afloat, keep afloat. And the podcast just wasn't one of them. Yeah. But now I have the time and the opportunity to really prioritize it. And so for the next season, it's just going to be... It's going to be totally different, but in the best way. It's going to be a lot of more long-form conversations like this. Not going to all be, you know, my best friend. (laughs) I mean, mm, say I won't. Say we won't. Say we won't. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Make sure you go follow Kylie on Instagram. Just buy Kylie Rose. I'll put the link in the description box. And, yeah, see you next time. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week.